On this episode of The Real Estate Show, Megan Anderson has joined me and we are breaking down the difference in the due diligence fee and the due diligence period. We get into earnest money and can you get any of that money back if you terminate? So if you are a real estate agent or a real estate professional looking for tips and tricks, this episode is for you. Due diligence, I think we need to talk about the fee and the period. Do you want to kick us off with either of those? What, how do you think we should start? Which one should we go into first? I was trying to think of like a catchy due diligence. I, so I like to call it like a good faith performance deposit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, and so the time period and the amount just depends on what you are comfortable with mm-hmm. and what the seller is comfortable with time-wise. Yeah. I think um, when you said, I was trying to come come up with a catchphrase, I was really hoping you were going to say yeehaw. We will end it with a yeehaw. Okay, good. (laughs) I think due diligence is, um, you know, we're based in North Carolina. I know there are people that watch this or listen that are not from North Carolina. So keep in mind, when we're talking about this stuff, we're talking about from our experience. And um, people coming to North Carolina from other states will just flat out call the due diligence fee a scam. And I, I have no, I'm casting no aspersion toward that, or I'm not judging someone for calling the due diligence fee a scam because if you've never been exposed to that and you Mm -hmm. come to a state where it is somewhat customary to negotiate this, you're like, this seems stupid. Um, so to, to be told like, okay, well in our state, the seller is kind of looking at, um, some, like you said, good faith performance that you're not just kicking the tires that if we go under contract, you're, you're going under contract because you want to buy it and not because you're just trying to lock it down to while you figure out what you're going to do. Right. So, um, another way that I sometimes like to explain it is like, you're buying the time off market, you know, like that's right. the seller is giving up opportunities once they're under contract with you to market the property to other people or take other offers um, I guess you could do backup offers, but uh, in general, like, you know, if you're under contract and your due diligence period is three weeks a month, um, a lot can change in the market in a month. Yes. So it's your, you're buying that time off market so that if you decide, yeah, I was just kicking the tires. I don't really want it. The seller hasn't just lost that valuable time. They at least get something. Um, tell me a little bit about the due diligence period. Like what's it for? What are you supposed to do? What happens when it runs out? <laughs> So, and like, like we said, like you can make it for the typical period is, you know, three weeks or 30 days, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. But during that time, it is your dil- your due diligence to, you know, schedule inspections of the house, make sure structurally pest inspections, things like that, possibly a survey. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if there's, you think the lines are, there's a structure on the line or close to the line. You know, you mm-hmm. want to make sure that it's inside the property or on the other side of your property if it's the neighbors. But also for the appraisal to come through, um, mm-hmm. if you have a lender, you want to make sure that the property is going to appraise for at least your loan amount or mm-hmm. you're willing or understanding that you're going to come out of pocket for the difference if, you know, that is the case. Um, also, see inspections, appraisal. I'm forgetting one. Survey. Survey. I mean, loan qual. Sometimes loan qualification in that because if you find out you're you can't qualify for your loan, but you really can't control whether that happens during the due diligence period or not. But it brings up a good point that there's a lot of 
non-buyer and seller people involved to figure out whether you want the property. So it's a good <laughs> idea to, if you're getting a loan, get your lender locked down. And, you know, if you can get pre-underwritten Ready before, you know, that's going to help a lot mm -hmm. because then they can order the appraisal ASAP and, you know, you'll have information sooner. But it also goes into how long you're willing to take for due diligence. Right. You know, like if you only give yourself 10 days of due diligence, Might the likelihood you get done. all that done in 10 days, not so good. That brings. So the next, the other point would be, you know, the title exam, but some of those things will surpass or extend past due diligence mm -hmm. if there is an issue with the, you know, the title. But normally the title, we try to get, the, well, we try to get the title done before due diligence runs mm -hmm. up. Therefore, if there is any issues, we can bring it to their attention. Mm -hmm. Um but to my next, to our next topic point, you know, once your due diligence runs out and there is an issue, you, you're, you do not get your, unless it's a title issue, you don't, you're not entitled to your due diligence return. Mm -hmm. Your due diligence is normally considered non-refundable mm -hmm. and that means you don't get it back. Even mm -hmm. if the inspection of the house comes back, there's something wrong with the house, well, then either the seller fixes it or gives you, you can negotiate a credit if you mm -hmm. have to fix it later on, if there's not time in between, mm -hmm. but that's not a title issue. That's just a structural house issue, which mm -hmm. is. And technically they don't have to fix it. So right. if a seller says, I mean, the contract says as is, I understand you're coming to us asking for these repairs, but we don't have to do it. Right. And then as a buyer, you are faced with a tough decision of, do you Ooh. continue or do you cut your losses, including due diligence? Mm -hmm. You can still, if it's during due diligence, you can get your earnest money deposit back, but you're cutting your loss at due diligence. Mm -hmm. And that's why you want to go into it knowing a number for do you, your due diligence amount. Mm -hmm. That way you're not cutting yourself short, but at the same time not cutting the seller short for taking that time to take the house off the market. And like we said, mm -hmm. your good faith to proceed with the purchase. Yeah. I think most people moving from out of state um, or they're unfamiliar with the due diligence fee. When we talk about due diligence, they're familiar with the time period to check it out um, and their research process. So you're looking at like your good faith deposit versus your research time. You know, if you just don't want to call it due diligence, call it those two <laughs> things. Um, so then they're like, wait, I have to pay money to be able to do that. Um, and I, I'm not getting it back. Yeah. Well, and it's it's being applied to your purchase price if you actually close. So it's not like you're paying that on top of. Um, but as agents, I mean, agents, we we encourage them often to have that tough conversation with their buyer of even if you don't close on this property, this money is gone in almost right. all circumstances. So when you're putting up a due diligence fee, don't put up something that if you were to lose it because you don't close – you can't recover from right. or that is going to be devastating to right. you. You can't like, be sad about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like nobody wants to give up any money, but, um, you know, it's going to be pretty important that you don't put every last dime in your savings account down in due diligence when there's a chance you may not close on the property and you're not getting the money back. Right. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about if it's possible to get your due diligence feedback and if so, how? So that trick goes question. to yeah, <laughs> kind of trick question that, that depends. Yeah. <laughs> um, the 
main situation of getting due diligence back would be if the seller breaches their contract. Mm -hmm. And by breach, either the seller isn't really the seller. They either, they don't own the property outright or, you know, they can't sell the property because of their situation or they just decided they're not going to sell you the property because either they got another offer that's higher and they're just, they're going to cut losses. So then, then if they don't continue to set, like continue with the contract, they'll be breaching it if they don't sell you the property. Mm -hmm. So only if, and only when the seller breaches the contract, are you really entitled to your due diligence mm -hmm. returned to you? Yeah. And if the seller is not going to just cough it up and be like, I breached, here's your money. Right. You're going to have to sue for it. That, that'll, yeah, that'll entail a whole mm -hmm. Which civil is gonna litigation be more lawsuit. Um, yeah. So again, if you really want your due diligence returned to you, make or make sure you're willing to fight that battle, also putting out more money for a lawsuit, mm -hmm. which you also take the risk of if you don't, if you're really not in the right to win or be on the winning side of that lawsuit, then you're going to pay attorney fees as well for the mm -hmm. seller side. So. Yeah. So your own attorney's fees and the seller's attorney's fees and you lost your due diligence, you know, that's, it's a risk in, in litigation, it, even people that are right lose sometimes. Right. So it's, it's no such thing, no such thing as a slam dunk in litigation. So that got to be careful when you're putting up, due diligence. Um, now after that due diligence period is up, then you've got the chance of losing more money, <laughs> <laughs> which is your earnest money deposit. So the earnest money deposit is, it is another deposit that gets paid. If you, if you negotiate to pay both one, you pay the due diligence fee directly to the seller. They get that right away. They can put it in their bank account. They can spend it. They can do whatever they want. Um, but the earnest money is held in an escrow account. Mm -hmm. So that could be with your real estate brokerage. If they have a trust account that they hold it in, most often it is with the settlement agent, which in North Carolina are attorney's offices. So you would send that earnest money check to a Thomas and Weber, and we would hold it in our trust account to be applied to the purchase price at closing. Um, so let's say you've terminated um, and you're entitled to your earnest money back. We get the signed termination from both parties. Then we cut that check back to the buyer um, otherwise we're just moving to closing and, and applying it, right. um, at the closing table. Now the earnest money is also kind of like a good faith deposit. So you might wonder, well, why do I need both? Um, well, the earnest money is kind of like your, like I said, the buying the time off market for due diligence, the earnest money is the one that you're able to get back. So it's not, the seller's not entitled to it right away. They're not right. getting that until the closing, so the one for the due diligence kind of like to sweeten the pot. Um, it can make your offer more attractive. There's no requirement that you put down either. But again, you know, real estate contracts are negotiable. So right. you're, you know, you may not have as good of a chance of winning the property as someone who is willing to put up due diligence and earnest money. Some people put down low due diligence and more earnest money and say, we've got money tied up in it. We've got these right. deposits. If we cancel after due diligence, your seller, you're getting the earnest money. Um, or they may weight it more heavily the other way of saying, all right, I've got $1,000 to give. I'll give you 900 in due, due diligence, 100 in earnest money. You know, there's ways that you can you can do it to try to make your offer more attractive um, or show the seller how serious you are. Right. Um, 
but the earnest money will become non-refundable if you do not due diligence. Yeah. If you don't cancel before the due diligence period expires, then all your money is going to the seller. Right. (laughs) So yeah, the difference is you do due diligence. It's just kind of a good faith. Like, here you go, take it off the market. Earnest money is also, you know, here you go, good faith. But if something happens, you know, like that inspection comes mm-hmm. back and there's something structural or a problem with the house, then yes, you are entitled to receive your earnest money back to you. Mm-hmm. But due diligence goes directly to the seller. Earnest money comes to your escrow agent or closing agent to be held. But mm-hmm. then both can be applied to the total cost. Get credit for them, which are which is different from your down payment or mm-hmm. closing costs. Yeah, so many costs. Um, but then, earnest money can be returned if due diligence has not expired. Yeah, yeah, that's um, you know the closing date. Of course, is the critical date in the closing, but the due diligence date is uh, nearly as critical because that's the one you need to have marked on your calendar, highlighted, big red circle, whatever. So that you know, if you go past that date and haven't canceled, there's more money up to be lost. Um, So any decisions you need to make about backing out, you will have the least amount of risk to you if you do it before due diligence expires. Um, It's always a heartbreaker when someone realizes like, you know, maybe their inspection didn't come back before due diligence expired or some other circumstance happened where they have to terminate and they're losing their earnest money too. I mean, it's tough and it happens, but in most cases, people do try to get that done before right. the their DD, due diligence, runs out. And there could be like some extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. where you do an addendum to say, hey, we're going to extend due diligence for, you know, a fee. Mm-hmm. And that way you're not completely out on your earnest money yeah. for that due diligence. If, you know, if you are waiting on several things to come back and not just... One small thing. So Yeah. Did we get everything on your list? Um, you've got some good notes over there. So I, I just wanted to clarify that due diligence and earnest money, they're not required. There's not an amount required by law. There's not a percentage. It's whatever you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So, some states, you know, the market is between like 1% to 3% of the sale price. But that's, mm-hmm. I don't think we see that. 50% of the time. So no, no, <laughs> there's not a hard so. and fast rule of like how yeah. much it's just what you're comfortable with and what you're willing to part with if things go south. Yeah. And there are some, like some markets you don't see a due diligence fee. Mm-hmm. Nobody's willing to put it up. So, you know, we just happen to be in a market right now where a lot of sellers will not really feel comfortable looking at an offer where there's no due diligence, but, um, that could change tomorrow. Yeah. We we just don't know. <laughs> and, it, and yeah, it depends on your state and the market. And I we did a closing in Georgia, which I think their due diligence is like $10. <laughs> so I was like, this is not the same. So yeah. It just depends on where you are and who you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for your insight and helping explain that. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one. I think we'll be recording some more of these soon. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And yeehaw. 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 <laughs>